Module 6, Innovative Technologies for Assessment Tasks in Teaching and Learning. We're now in Lesson 2, Criteria and Choosing Appropriate Assessment Tool. One of the challenges for a beginning teacher is to select and use appropriate assessment techniques suited to the learner's needs. According to Borko and Livingstone in 1989, the beginning teachers find this more difficult than experienced teachers because of the complex cognitive skills required to improvise and be responsive to students' needs while simultaneously keeping in mind that the goals and plans of the lesson. The informal assessment strategies teachers most often use during instruction are observation and questioning. As teachers, you can use direct or indirect method of assessment. So when we say direct method, our examinations, written assignments, or representations and performances, internships, uh, supervisors, ratings of student skills, portfolios, score gains between entry and exit tests, capstones project, thesis and dissertation, and a lot of more. While indirect method can provide a useful supplement and check on the findings from direct measures. Examples for indirect methods are student satisfaction surveys, surveys of students and alumni, exit interviews with graduating students, students' participation rates, reflective essays, data on placement and other measures of post-graduation performance, and a lot of more. The teacher may consider the following characteristics in selecting appropriate assessment tools, whether conventional or ICT-based assessment. So we have here, first is measure the desired level of performance. So it means these are the levels of level of satisfaction, productivity, efficiency, and student performance. The second one is cost effective in terms of effort, time, and money. Of course, in selecting uh, an, uh, an appropriate assessment tool, there should be cost effectiveness. So. We, uh, we, need, we also need to consider that, right? The effort, time, and money. And the next one is useful that will produce results that provide information that can be used in making decisions to improve students' learning. So it's very important that it should, be, it should have a reliable results. And the fourth one is reasonably accurate and truthful. Then dependable, consistent, responsive over time, and last one is evidence of being ongoing and not once and done. One of the key characteristics of formative assessment is the frequent use of evidence gathered from the various methods as feedback. So still remember the formative assessment in our lesson run, right? Okay. So with this feedback, you will be able to know if students learn from your lesson and it helps us to set goals for the next stage of learning and the teachers may opt to utilize ICT in assessment. For teachers and students, it enables them to pro provide valuable feedback on each learner's progress. So according to Driguez and Karyotaki in 2006, Online tasks assigned by teachers will assess the collaborative problem-solving, construct, and the five standards. So, these five standards are participation, perspective talking, social regulation, task regulation, as well as students' learning and knowledge-building skills. 
The Large Scale Differentiate Item Functioning, or the DIF analysis, can validate an online problem-solving ability test that minimizes the extraneous differential effects of students' language background. Thus, online assessment can be incorporated by teachers. ICTs provide the means for the explicit design and implementation of individualized or collaborative problem-solving tests through teachers' interactive scaffolding and immediate feedback supply toward learners. So there should be a support from the teachers. So let's move on to creating and utilizing a rubric. So what is a rubric? So a rubric is a set of criteria used to determine scoring for an assignment, performance, or product. So this can be used to score many kinds of written assignment or exams, paper, project, speeches, or e-portfolios. So a rubric is a great tool for teachers because it is a simple way to set up a grading criteria for assignments. Not only is this tool useful for teachers, it is helpful for students as well. A rubric defines in writing what is expected of the students to get a particular grade on an assignment. So, there are many samples of rubrics online, but the teacher may consider the learner's objective of the lesson and contextualization and localization. So, it's very nice that the teacher, if you're the teacher, you could have your own rubric. So, you could just look at the um, look from um, online rubrics but you could just modify it so that you'll be able to know how to target the, uh, the objective of your lesson so the main purpose of rubric is to assess students performances for some performances the teacher may observe the students in the process of doing something like making their portfolios or I mean their projects online drill tutorials and many more so there are two types of rubric. The first one is analytic rubric. So this analytic rubric describes work on each criterion separately. It utilizes separate holistic ratings of specific characteristics, products, or behaviors. So this analytic rubric features a grid of criteria. Normally is uh, placed on columns and levels of achievement are normally placed at, uh, in rows. So, the instructor assigns points or weights or, uh, to a particular criteria and then evaluates a student's performance in each area. So, this is useful in providing feedback on areas of strengths and weaknesses. Because of this, analytic rubric take more time to develop than holistic rubric. So, and, uh, next, uh, no, uh, the next type of rubric is holistic rubric. So, holistic rubric describes the work by applying all the criteria at the same time and enabling an overall judgment about the quality of the work. So, it utilizes holistic ratings for a product or behavior. So, again, this holistic rubric, it describes the characteristics of each level of performance for an assignment or activity overall. For example, a characteristic of an excellent research paper. So, these holistic rubrics are best to use when there is no single correct answer or response and the, and the focus is 
on overall quality, proficiency, or understanding of a specific content or skills. So, technology can be used for assessing students' learning in various purposes. By using technology in managing assessment information data can be presented in a different ways to meet the needs of the students, teachers, and administrators. An electronic examination, which is also called computer-based assessment or we, uh, familiar with CBA or computer-based testing or we call it CBT or the e-exam is a test conducted using a personal computer or an equivalent electronic device in which the delivery, responses, and ass assessment are affected electronically. E-exams were developed more than four decades ago for professional certification in the IT industry and progressively evolving as a preferred alternative to paper-pencil tests or PPT in schools or in universities or recruiting firms as well as a private and public organizations. Computer-based testing is more efficient than paper-based tests because it is an individualized testing and has faster score reporting within a few minutes after last submission. The students can immediately view the scores on screen and more convenient for teachers and students. Okay, for the teachers, you could just check. Once they're done, you could just check the scores and then students as well can monitor the feedback. And then computer, a computerized delivery of objective tests has more advantages compared to paper pencil tests which include the following. First is the criterion of item bank of question invites a possibility of each student being presented with a paper made up of different questions but of an equivalent standard. The second one is automatic computer, uh, computerized marking facilities, immediate feedback for the students. And third is students can be invited to sit tests as frequently as they find useful. And the fourth one is computerized recordings of results, facilities that the analysis of groups responses to questions. So the teacher may consider balanced assessment. So we call this the uh, blend of a traditional and ICT-based assessment. Electronic assessment tools are unlikely to reduce significantly the burden of assessment, but they can be used to promote deeper and more effective learning by testing a range of skill, knowledge, and understanding. So, it is important to note that teachers should use a variety of assessment methods in the classroom. Since students have different learning styles, a variety of assessment is very important to them as well. Assessing students is how the teachers are able to evaluate students over the material they are learning in the classroom and therefore has to be done fairly to accommodate each and every student's interests and needs. This is one way also to check if the strategy you use is effective or not. Paper and pencil tests or testing is the most common assessment procedure utilized by teachers to gather formal evidence about pupil learning. Then paper and pencil instrument refers to a general group of assessment tools in which students read questions and respond in writing. So let's move on to electronic portfolio. An electronic portfolio, which is also known as an e-portfolio, 
A digital portfolio or online portfolio is a collection of electronic evidence assembled and managed by a user. Usually on the web, uh, ePortfolio includes input tests, electronic files, images, multimedia, blog entries, and hyperlinks. ePortfolios are both demonstrations of the user's abilities and platforms for self-expression. It's quite simply a website that is enables users to collate digital evidence of their learning. So the types of e-portfolios are first is idea portfolio, ideas portfolio. So it contains all work of students. So it's not given to provide a students a grade. So it's a collection of students' work, right? And the second one is showcase or professional e-portfolios. These e-portfolios are primarily a way to demonstrate or to showcase the highlights of a student's academic career. So this is also useful in applying for a job. And then the third one is documentation portfolio. So it involves a collection of work over time showing growth and improvement reflecting students' learning of identified outcomes. So that's why it's called documentation portfolio. Then the fourth one is learning e-portfolios. These portfolio are typically created by a student as part of the learning activity as a way to demonstrate learning and the learning process. These portfolios often shared with other students to elicit peer feedback as an essential part of the learning process. So these are students' activities, right? And then the last one is evaluation or assessment e-portfolios. The teacher may utilize this for both formative and summative assessment feedback. So this is um, a more on the website. You could do it like that. So again, ePortfolios contains a wide range of digital files, including but not limited to text or PDF documents, videos, sound, sound files, images, and links to other websites or online resources. So there are a lot of free free um, sites that you could create your portfolios like Google okay so an e-portfolio can be your personal website as well 